episode 78 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on May 21st, 2018. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week on the show, surprise, surprise, Keith Koenig reveals his summer roadmap for 2018. I'll tell you where Keith plans to take us on this next leg of the journey. Now that the Summer Roadmap of 2018 is here, I'll take a look back at the Summer Roadmap of 2017 and see how these two compare. And finally this week, I'll talk about the Gods from the Machine operation. I finally got a chance to clear it, and I'll share some information that Charles Boyd had about hood toggles, body tattoos, and Zildrog. And with that, it's time to make the jump to light speed and check out the state of the Old Republic. Welcome to episode 78 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another great show lined up for you today. As always, let's start with some announcements for the Old Republic. This past Thursday, I appeared on the Working Class Nerds podcast with Marcus and Nick. I'd like to thank them both for having me on their show. It was a lot of fun. started off with me talking a little bit about what I do, and then Marcus talked about what he was doing in-game, And then Nick talked about what he was doing in some game that wasn't Star Wars The Old Republic. When Nick finished, I woke up and we talked about the summer roadmap. I'm just kidding, I did not fall asleep while Nick was talking about Zelda. In fact, I have it on good authority, by the way, that Nick is giving SWOTOR a try. In honor of Nick taking his first steps into this larger world, I want you to head over to Twitter and give him a big welcome. His Twitter handle is at Nick Vern, that's N-I-C-K-V-E-R-N. Use the hashtag SWOTORTIPS for Nick and send him your pro tips, class advice, guild advice, whatever you can think of to help him out. Episode 12, TED Talk of the Working Class Nerds podcast is available for you to listen to right now. I'll have a link to it in the show notes, but you can find it on iTunes and other places where podcasts can be found. Thanks again to Marcus and Nick for having me on their show, and I actually got a chance to run an operation with Marcus on Sunday. I'll talk about that later on. We had a bit of Star Wars news this past week. Mark your calendars for April 2019 because Star Wars Celebration is heading to the Windy City, Chicago, Illinois. It will be held from April 11th through the 15th. I believe they added an extra day to the event. Tickets will go on sale June 5th at noon Central Daylight Time. And I'm pretty sure that Bioware will be there to hold a cantina tour. They've not announced anything yet, but I think it's a safe bet that they'll be there. Either way, I know I'll be there. Well, that's all the announcements I have. Let's slice the holonet and get to the news this week. This week, Keith Koenig surprised everyone when he unexpectedly published his latest roadmap for Star Wars The Old Republic. Like the previous roadmap from January, this one covers a short period of time and gets us through the summer and into September. Now as to what's in store for the game these next couple of months and beyond, Keith said that the team's priority will continue to be providing fun story-driven gameplay with a variety of multiplayer Star Wars battles while making quality of life improvements. 
We've met with a lot of players, influencers, press, did live streams, held cantinas, received lots of emails and private messages, and reviewed the feedback on our forums and on social media. As a result, we'll be making a lot of changes based on your feedback, beginning with our PvP plans this summer. At the end of the year, we'll introduce an exciting new storyline and multiplayer gameplay, all leading to an explosive conflict with new characters to meet and planets to explore in the new year. Now as to the content we're getting, if the road map were an actual road trip, it read a lot like the journey that the American pioneers went on when they headed out to settle the Old West. The first part of the road map was a lot like traveling through the Great Plains of Kansas. It was flat, dull, and uninspiring. Game Update 5.9.1, Solo Fun, named in honor of Solo A Star Wars Story, is the first leg of the journey and releases on May 22nd. This update includes the return of the nightlife event. It also has new scoundrel-themed cartel market items, and there will be a double XP event. The cartel market items in the double XP event will run for 10 days, while the nightlife event will run until midnight on June 30th. And there is also the TF4 Rampage Speeder, which you'll get if you are subscribed to the game on or before May 31st. The speeder will be shipped out to you on June 9th. As I said, not much to get excited about there, and quite frankly, Game Update 5.9.1 is all about finding ways to spend your hard-earned money, both real and fake. Don't get me wrong, the Nightlife event is a great event, but so is the Gree event, Bounty Contract Week, and the other recurring events that pop up from time to time. It's not that the Nightlife event is bad or that the subscriber reward isn't nice, they're just not roadmap-worthy announcements. These are places we've been before, and they're not even our favorite spots. But as I said, this was only the first leg of the journey. As the roadmap moved further west, we left Kansas and crossed the border into Colorado, where out of nowhere there appeared the magnificent Rocky Mountains, and suddenly we were on a journey unlike anything we had experienced before, as we got hit with one PvP bombshell after another. We knew the summer of SWOTOR was going to be about PvP, but I don't think anyone expected the sweeping changes that are planned. Here is what's happening. BioWare will convert more, if not all, of the war zones in arenas to allow cross-faction grouping. They're adding a new arena set in a compound that we've seen before. I believe they said previously that it's Shea Vizsla's Mandalorian compound. They're developing a new hutball war zone set in the dangerous and dizzying heights of an industrial planet. I don't know why they didn't just come out and name the planet, unless they figured if we're spending our time trying to guess the planet, we wouldn't complain that we're getting another hutball war zone. For the record, I believe it's going to be on Vanden, which was introduced in Chapter 13, Profit and Plunder from Knights of the Fallen Empire. It certainly fits the description of an industrial planet with dizzying heights. They're also going to deliver a new stronghold with a beachfront view. Again, I don't know why Keith didn't come out and say, it's on Rishi, given that we already knew this. The big news is that the Rishi stronghold will have a PvP angle to it. Keith said that, for the first time, we are introducing a stronghold designed around PvP, which can be tailored toward player-driven dueling, 4v4, or even 8v8 battles. We know there's a passionate audience of PvP players who run their own dueling tournaments within their strongholds, 
So we want to support that by making some under the hood improvements and by tailoring the spaces to support different styles of play. As with all strongholds, you can decorate it any way you like, but we're also enhancing stronghold decorations to support PvP gameplay. This means you can use decorations to hide behind, lay out obstacles, which allows the owner of the stronghold to create a huge variety of custom PvP layouts to use in battles amongst friends. Holy crap! When they said they were working on some new and innovative things for strongholds, I figured they meant things like day-night cycles or changing weather. I did not see this coming, and I think it's amazing. Now, the fact that Rishi has a PvP component had some players worried that they'll be forced into PvP. Keith allayed those fears when he said, This is your stronghold, and you'll purchase it on the fleet just like all the other strongholds. The PvP-designated areas will have hooks, so you can customize it with any of your decorations. The difference will be you can use those decorations to block line of sight, create barriers, and even set up chairs for other players to observe the action. But it's your choice on how you use your own stronghold. He added that the stronghold will have a fun beach area for those who like to catch some sun and lots more. It's a very large stronghold. It's also going to be available as a guild stronghold. Player-made arenas is an incredible concept, and I'm curious to see what they mean when they say a stronghold designed around PvP, which can be tailored toward player-driven dueling, 4v4, or even 8v8 battles. Does this mean that players can set teams and play timed matches with rule sets where there is a winner and a loser? We'll have to wait and see what this all means. I really hope that the stronghold comes with the following PvP achievements. Not in my house, get off my lawn, and life's a beach, and then you die. The Rishi Stronghold isn't the end of the PvP changes planned for this summer. According to Keith, it will bring an end to Season 9. He said right now we're scheduling this for July, and we'll let everyone know the rewards in late June. He said we're investigating ways of improving the experience of all war zones. We're taking an in-depth look at our unranked PvP matchmaking system overall to see what kinds of improvements we can make to better ensure every match is a good one. We're also exploring giving unranked players more queue control over which war zones and arenas they want to play. We'll be focusing attention on exploiters, cheaters, and adjusting how ranked war zones complete. This will be an ongoing effort, but like all of you, we want war zones and arenas to be fair, competitive, and fun. All of this sounds great. While I'm excited about the prospect of excluding Quesh Hutball from my PvP rotation, I do worry that the option to control which war zones I want to queue for might negatively impact queue times. Perhaps that will be offset by, cro by the cross-faction changes that are coming. If nothing else, it will give Bioware a data point to see which war zones we're opting out of. As far as matchmaking goes, anything they can do to make it so I don't run into the Republic Bowling League or any other pre-made group is fine by me. I'm not holding my breath that they'll make that happen, but one can dream. Now, if PvP is not your thing, and for many people it's not their thing, there is more story coming this fall. Key said that, for our story in PvE players, you have not been forgotten, and coming this fall, along with the return of some very cool companions and big updates for guilds, will introduce a completely new storyline that will kick off a new set of challenges and adventures that will continue into the new year. Unfortunately, fall is a little vague, and we don't know if that story is coming in early September, or late November, or perhaps both. 
ideally we'd get a story update in early September with a continuation in November or December. Think Forge Alliances here, a prelude to the next big story. Now as to what this all means for 6.0 in the next expansion, it seems clear to me that it won't be released until early 2019. We may get an announcement this summer along with a Blur cinematic, but I don't expect to see 6.0 until January at the earliest. Keith mentioned updates for guilds, and I think it's fair to say that guild changes are long overdue. I'd love to see an in-game calendar and better ways for guilds to recruit players both in and out of game. I remember when the game was getting ready to launch, Bioware had an awesome web tool where guilds could recruit and add players to their rosters. As soon as the game went live, they took it down. The Summer Swotor is here, and if you like PvP, then it doesn't get any better than this. For those that don't, you'll just have to settle for sitting on the beach, catching some rays, and drinking whatever passes for a margarita in your new summer home as you patiently wait for the next adventure to begin. Last episode, I compared how Star Wars The Old Republic was doing in 2018 compared to the same period of time in 2017. Today, I'd like to compare the summer roadmap of 2018 with the summer roadmap of 2017. The summer roadmap of 2018 is Keith's fourth roadmap since becoming the producer of Star Wars The Old Republic. With its heavy focus on PvP, there is concern that the game will suffer because there's no content for PvE, specifically no story plan for this summer. With the nightlife event and new cartel market items being the main features for one of the updates, content feels a little light for this summer. But is that really the case? Here's everything we got last summer. In June, we got the nightlife event with updated rewards. In July, we got the second boss in the Gods from the Machine operation, Avela and Esne. We also got a new stronghold on Manan, and there was the first round of class balance changes. In late August, we got the next part of the story, a crisis on Umbara, and another new stronghold. This summer also includes the return of the nightlife event and the Risi stronghold, as well as a new arena and a new war zone. There are also all of those under-the-hood changes for PvP as well. Because the summer of 2018 is focused on PvP, it can be hard to compare things to 2017. Not everyone who plays the game participates in PvP. It took me five years to get there. If the next bit of story is released in early September, and there's no indication that will happen, then the Summer Swotor 2018 may not seem so desolate for non-PVPers. If the fall update doesn't come until October, or worse November, then we're looking at another pretty big PvE drought. I think for the Summer of Swotor 2018 to be, viewed, to be viewed as a rousing success, the next roadmap needs to happen at the end of August, and the next part of the story needs to happen in the first half of September. Of course, a big expansion announcement will go a long way to getting everyone excited about what's to come. One thing I will say is whether the story comes sooner or later, it is coming. Star Wars The Old Republic turned 6 later this year, and with the likelihood of an expansion in early 2019, the prospects of SWOTOR turning 7 have gone way up. And if SWOTOR does reach 7, I'm sure we'll be reminiscing about the glory days of how we took down the evil machinations of the God from the Machine operation. Thanks to Marcus and his Death Star Troopers team, I got the opportunity to finally clear this operation. 
prior to Sunday, I had only done the first two bosses. It was a great run, very clean, and we one-shot all of the bosses. I have to say, if you haven't taken the time to finish it or even do it at all, you really should. It's a very well-done operation. I don't want to say story mode is hard per se, but it is very technical and takes a lot of coordination and communication to clear. I can't fathom a random group of eight players coming together to clear this. There are interrupt rotations and various jobs that need to be handled by individuals who aren't tanks. The environment looks great and it's not all metal gangplanks. There is some actual water and vegetation to be found and there are places where you want to stop and take in the scenery. Big thank you to Marcus and Death Star Troopers for getting me my Isaac's kill. I look forward to running with you guys in the future. And I look forward to seeing what Bioware comes up with for their next operation. Before I leave you today, I have a few odds and ends for you. Someone on Twitter asked Charles Boyd the following. Are there any plans for body tattoos for player characters in the future, similar to how Valen has tattooed arms? Charles answered, no plans right now, but it's always good to know what folks are interested in. A player also asked Charles about hoods and hands. With a discussion of headpieces and armor in the air, might I ask a suggestion? Toggle hood with animation. Or is that game-breaking? Also, cross-slash-fold-arms-emote, like meditative, so to be in that pose, so we'll be in that pose until we move, and one for arms behind the back? Charles replied, not game-breaking, but just a ton of work to animate all the hoods we have, plus getting the hands to line up with all the different shapes available. But that'd definitely be cool. I'll note the other emotes as well. And finally, a player asked Charles about Zildrog. Spoilers incoming, spoilers incoming, you've been warned. So what exactly was Zildrog? Iocath tech? Valky's mind and not his spirit? Somehow I feel like it was part of old Valky, being that he knew what the gravestone was and was elusive about answering our questions about it in Chapter 3 of Knights of the Fallen Empire. Here's Charles's answer to that. It's Iocath tech that he found, details yet to be revealed, like a ritual dagger in a sacrifice, just larger scale, an implement to kill lots of people at once and fuel his ritual, giving him the power to survive centuries and plan the bigger version that the knight later foils. That first ritual also increased his power in other ways. He was evasive about the gravestone because he only wanted you to know just enough to defeat his kids at any given moment. He liked to pretend he's super helpful while withholding as much as possible. And final note for today, file this under things you can't unsee if you choose to see them. One player out there customized their character to look exactly like Thexen, you know, Arkin's twin brother, and then did the Arkin romance. And you wonder why the aliens haven't visited us yet. I'll have a link to that video in my notes. Big shout out to Swotarista for alerting me to this. And that's going to wrap it up for today. I haven't forgotten about my story project. I'm still working my way through Balmora on the Republic side. I'll have that for you next week. And with that, let me cut in the sublight engines and cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another half hour listening to episode 78 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show site, which is SotorPodcast.com, and there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. 
If you have a question for the show, you can email me at sotorpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at sotorpodcast or send me a direct message. And be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the show. Look for episode 79, probably around May 29th. Until then, remember the Sith Code, Kate is alive.